Yo, what is going on everyone? My name is Nick or the Notorious Fantasy Edit. Today's video, we're going to be talking about my bust-proof player list for fantasy football in 2021. Inside of today's video, I'm going to be talking about two running backs, two wide receivers, as well as a tight end that I believe are bust-proof based upon where they are going at their current average draft position. But before I get into the breakdown of these five players, I want to ask that if you do end up enjoying this video and that you are new to the channel, to please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. Not only is it free, me and the guys at the Osmo Fantasy Football YouTube channel post content every single day to help you guys win that 2021 Fantasy Football Championship. And while you're down there, whether you are new or not, please make sure to hit that like button down below to help boost this video up the algorithm so that more beautiful people like yourself can see today's video. So without further ado, let's get into it. We begin at the wide receiver position with wide receiver of the Dallas Cowboys, C.D. Lamb, current ADP, wide receiver number 10 off the board, overall pick 28.7 up. 4.09 slots on the week. Now, depending what website you are looking at, CD Lamb basically ranges from wide receiver 10 to 15 off of the board. And I think in a lot of leagues, he's going to sit around that sweet spot of wide receiver 12 or 13. The website I got the ADP from for this video, he is wide receiver number 10. Now, the reason why I feel so confident in CD Lamb comes with the offense that he is in. The Dallas Cowboys are going to be, without a doubt, one of the most pass-heavy offenses inside of the National Football League. And you want to know who benefits from having a pass-heavy offense? The quarterback, the wide receiver, and the tight end. Zeke, he'll still be fine, obviously, because they're still going to be able to run the ball. But late in these games, they are going to be in certified shootouts, game in and game out. We saw it last season with the Dallas Cowboys when Dak Prescott was healthy, that they were having to crawl deep down and search for a way to get out of these games. And they were going to have to pass the ball at an unprecedented rate and when you're passing the ball at a heavy rate guys like cd lamb who is one of the better wide receivers on the team if not maybe the best wide receiver on the team in terms of skills that is going to be very very good for them last year cd lamb in 16 games was the wide receiver 24 in ppr 24 and a half ppr and the wide receiver number 20 in standard averaging 13.2 ppr points per game 10.9 half ppr points per game and 8.6 standard points per game meaning from a points per game perspective he was the wide receiver 35 in PPR 34 and half PPR and 32 in standard the reason why we see such a difference in points per game finish versus regular finish is because CeeDee Lamb played in the whole season which at the end of the year elevates you up because not all wide receivers are going to play the full 16 game slate this season obviously being 17 games so like I was saying earlier the reason why CeeDee Lamb is bust proof is because of how much this offense is going to be passing the ball had Dak Prescott been healthy the last season for the whole year, CeeDee Lamb could have probably been a top 15, maybe even a top 12 wide receiver when the season came to a close. It's because the defense is just so fucking bad in Dallas. Now, I understand that they did end up addressing the defense in the 2021 NFL draft, but when you're drafting a defense, not all those guys are going to end up hitting. When you spend all of your picks on the draft on the defense, some of those guys are going to be busts. Some of those guys will take a while to get used to playing in the NFL. So this defense isn't going to be drastically better from one season to the next. 
but you want to know what will be better the offense because Dak will be healthy the whole season CeeDee Lamb was still putting up pretty solid numbers for having quarterbacks the like of Andy Dalton the likes of Ben Danucci the likes of Gilbert whatever the fuck his first name was I call him Gilbert Godfrey but that's not his real name it was just an embarrassment at the quarterback position for Dallas and CeeDee Lamb game in and game out was still finishing pretty well he had 109 total targets 6.8 on the season ranking 24th at the wide receiver position in 2020 he had 74 receptions 4.6 per game ranking 23rd at wide receiver he had 935 receiving yards and six total touchdowns on the season ranking 24th at the wide receiver position so you should be able to rub your crystal ball and easily see a scenario where cd lamb finishes as a top five wide receiver because of the amount of pace that this offense is going to need to put out in order to win these football games with all reports leading to the fact that Dak Prescott is going to be perfectly fine. Sure, maybe Dak Prescott will not be able to run out of the pocket and scramble as much because there is going to be that philosophical, philosophical, like that's where psychological thing in his head that hey if I run out here my leg may be snapped in two again so maybe I won't do that but overall based upon an injury standpoint he should be perfectly fine from week one on in the NFL season and there's a lot of talk about Amari Cooper potentially missing some time he's injured right now he is not practicing He's been dealing with these foot injuries for a while now, and there is a chance that that could be re-aggravated. And if he continues to stay on the pup for the next couple of weeks, Amari Cooper is going to fall down the draft boards because people, including myself, will be very nervous to draft a guy who's coming into the season injured. And that's just going to further elevate CeeDee Lamb's potential to be the number one wide receiver in targets on the team. If Amari Cooper is perfectly fine tomorrow, then Amari Cooper to me would be the guy to draft in this offense at the wide receiver position. But based upon what we know right now, I am all aboard the CeeDee Lamb train in 2020 with the better quarterback and what should be still a shit tier defense in Dallas. Next up, we got a running back of the Seattle Seahawks, Chris Carson, ADP running back number 17 off the board. Overall, pick 37.8 and he's down 4.56 picks on the week so people are getting a little more nervous on Chris Carson which makes absolutely no fucking sense Last year, in 2020, Chris Carson played in 12 games, finishing as the running back 19 in PPR, 17.5 PPR, and the RB16 in standard, averaging 15.6 PPR points per game, 14.1 half PPR points per game, and 12.6 standard points per game, meaning on a points-per-game basis, he ranked as the running back 14 in PPR, 14.5 PPR, and the running back number 13 in standard. On the season, he had a grand total of 141 carries for 681 rushing yards, 46 targets, as well well as 37 receptions for 287 receiving yards and nine total touchdowns on the season. One of the aspects of Chris Carson's game that a lot of people tend to forget is the fact that he is getting a lot of targets in this offense, playing in 12 games, having 3.8 targets per game. The running backs behind him, Rashad Penny, all those other guys, how sure are you that they are going to take any volume away from Chris Carson? I am 100% sure that Chris Carson is the workhorse back on this team. Rashad Penny has failed to stay healthy throughout his career. I know some people poke fun about Chris Carson missing games in his career, but in 2019, he played in 15 games last year, playing in 12 games. So you're not going to be able to say that Chris Carson is just going to miss half the fucking season for absolutely no reason. Chris Carson is on a team that without fail will choose to run the ball. 
Pete Carroll loves running the fucking football. It is ingrained in everything inside of him. His DNA is built on running the football because for some reason, even with Russell Wilson playing as good as he played last season, Pete Carroll at the end of the year came out and said that they still need to try to establish the run. They still need to try to run the ball, which to me just means that Chris Carson is in for another great season. While they don't have the greatest of offensive lines, they're still going to be a pretty solid unit when you look at it compared to other offensive lines. There are much worse offensive lines than the Seattle Seahawks, and Chris Carson just has so much safety because of the fact that they are going to be running the ball so much, and he is the running back 17 off the board, and when you're getting that much of a discount, when you're a third, maybe fourth round pick in drafts, and you have top 10 potential week in and week out, I don't know how you could really be a bust. Last season, Chris Carson had a 4.8 yards per carry number, true yards per carry, 4.7 ranking, 10th at the running back position. He had five breakaway runs at this season, which obviously is not a huge number because that's not what you're looking for in Chris Carson. You're just looking for a running back who's going to get the, the ball and just run five yards every single time and slowly chip away the defense until at the end of the game, the defense is tired and Chris Carson is looking like the second coming of Bo Jackson. I believe that Chris Carson comes with an unknown enormous amount of safety run blocking efficiency last year for Seattle ranking eighth at the running back position they also have very positive game script the Seattle Seahawks that is number sixth at the running back position for Chris Carson because this offense is so strong so I believe if the defense is looking like what we saw at the end of last season which was a much better unit than at the beginning at the beginning of the year this Seattle Seahawks defense was a fucking catastrophe they couldn't stop anyone Jamal Williams was getting clowned everywhere they were calling him blitz boy because that's about all he could do if he was in coverage he was getting mossed every single time but at the end of the season the whole defense kind of formed and they looked a lot better so if we see a stronger defense in 2021 not obviously going to go back to the days of Richard Sherman and all those guys when they were just unstoppable that's not what it's going to become but I do believe that this defense will be stronger which will help out Chris Carson because he'll be able to run the ball out later on in the game I love Chris Carson for 2021 I feel like there's ult there's ultimately no real way that he ends up being a bust unless he gets hurt any of these guys could end up getting hurt that is just up to chance so we are about halfway through this video two players out of five which isn't necessarily half but I wasn't going to stop in the middle of breaking down the next player so if you guys have enjoyed the video thus far please make sure they hit that subscribe button down below so next up we have probably my guy at the tight end position meaning that this is the guy that if he's available in the range I'm looking for if I'm fine to take a tight end in the middle rounds of the draft I'm taking this guy every single time because he's being undervalued right now and he is the best option to throw the ball to on his team tight end of the Detroit Lions overall ADP 63.1 down 2.60 slots on the week tight end number six off the board T Jay Hawkinson, tight end of the Detroit Lions. TJ Hawkinson, to me, has so much safety because the amount of volume that he is going to get. He could easily finish as a top three tight end, and I would not be surprised one bit because this offense does not have excellent weapons around TJ Hawkinson. The wide receivers there, they're not Kenny Galladay. They're not Marvin Jones. Those guys are gone. It's a new system here in Detroit. And I believe if Jared Goff has any ounce of skill in his body, he will realize that you want to know who I'm going to throw the ball to? 
TJ fucking Hawkinson, because this guy's six foot five, 251 pounds, and he does not drop the ball, and he is easily, in my opinion, the best receiving weapon on this team, and if you say that maybe he's not, you want to know who the best is then? It's DeAndre Swift, the running back of the team. Last season, TJ Hawkinson in 16 games was the tight end five in PPR, four and a half PPR, and the tight end five in standard, and he's coming off the board as tight end number six, so... That's a little bit crazy. Averaging 11 PPR points per game, 8.9 half PPR points per game, and 6.8 standard points per game. Meaning, from a points per game perspective, Hawkinson was the tight end 6 in PPR, tied with Robert Tunyon and Logan Thomas. Tight end 7 in half PPR, tied with Mike Licky, Amagasiki, on and tight end number 8 in standard. TJ Hawkinson just seems so safe in this middle rounds, in these middle rounds of the drafts, because of the amount of volume that he should just be sucking in, game in, and game out. Last year, TJ Hawkinson had 101 targets, 6.3 per game, ranking fifth at tight end. 101 targets. That's a lot, right? He could be even more this season and easily should be because the weapons around TJ Hawkinson just are not very good. 67 receptions, fourth highest at the tight end position for a grand total of 723 receiving yards, third highest at the tight end position, and six total touchdowns, ninth highest at the tight end position. And this is a team that's going to have to be throwing the ball late in the game a lot like C.D. Lamb because the Detroit Lions defense is non-existent. This guy had an 18% target share of the offense last year, 10th highest at the tight end position, 18%, and it was 23% in the red zone. Who are they supposed to target in the red zone now? It's not like you can throw an alley-oop to Kenny Galladay. It's not like you can throw it to Marvin Jones. You're going to legitimately have to give the ball to TJ Hawkinson. If you're throwing it, probably 99% of the fucking time, because unless you throw it to him, I'm not sure what other wide receiver can even come down with the football in the red zone. To me, this is a very simpleton take. Everyone should know this at this point, because people are drafting other tight ends way too high over Hawkinson. The only guys who I see it acceptable to draft over Hawkinson are obviously Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller, the two biggest target monsters at the tight end position, and then Kittle. And I'm not even all that sold in on on George Kittle because I'm worried a little bit about the injury, but even so, I'm still fine drafting him in the third round because I know what George Kittle is. But after that, people are making the argument for Kyle Pitts, for Mark Andrews to rank ahead of TJ Hawkinson, which to me, I just find silly based upon the amount of volume that I project TJ Hawkinson to have in 2021. And speaking of Kenny Galladay, next player to be talking about wide receiver of the New York football giants. Kenny Galladay, ADP wide receiver, 26, overall pick 53.4, up 4.4 slots on the week. Kenny G spot. Kenny G, Kenny Bones, whatever you want to talk or whatever you want to call this guy is a beast. He is a menace to defenses. If you guys remember in 2019, this guy led the NFL in touchdowns. But the reason why he's getting drafted as the wide receiver 26 right now is kind of obvious, but I have him ranked ahead of that. And I think it's kind of crazy to take him or take other wide receivers that are going in that range around him, because while his ceiling isn't necessarily super high, because he's on the Giants, and let's be honest with you, who really is 100% certain that Daniel Jones is going to make some type of leap this season? To me, I would say there's not a very good chance of that, but we have seen Daniel Jones have these good games, but Daniel Jones has yet to have a wide receiver the likes of Kenny Galladay, who in my opinion is one of the best wide receivers in the National Football League. And this is the prove-it year for Daniel Jones. There's a reason why they paid Kenny Galladay seven gazillion fucking dollars. It's because they want to feed Kenny Galladay the ball to make sure that Daniel Jones either proves it 
There's no excuses anymore, because if Daniel Jones can't do it with Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, then is he ever going to be able to do it? Probably not. Kenny Galladay got a humongous bag. He signed with New York to be the wide receiver one, and he is overwhelmingly the best talent on this roster. Last year, didn't put up big numbers at all because he only played in five games because he got hurt. 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 With, uh, what are those called? Air quotes. Hurt. Because he was hurt. But then you see him, you know, doing things off the field where he seems fine. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Kenny Galladay just wanted out of Detroit. It's fine. I think that, you know, he missed the games. It is what it is. Five games was the wide receiver, 102 in PPR, 102 and half PPR, 99 in standard. You're not going to expect anything big out of a wide receiver who played in just five games. Considering how easy it is for wide receivers to score like 10 points a game, if they play 15 games, they are going to absolutely demolish you if you only played in five games. From a points per game perspective, he was wide receiver 35 in PPR, tied with CeeDee Lamb, who we talked about previously, wide receiver 31 and half PPR, and the 24 in standard, averaging 13.2 PPR points per game, 11.2 half PPR points per game, and 9.2 standard points per game last year he had 32 targets 6.4 per game nothing special 20 receptions 338 receiving yards and two total touchdowns but what i want to take a look at is 2019 where the guy had 116 targets 21st at the wide receiver position 65 receptions 29th at wide receiver 1190 receiving yards sixth at wide receiver and 11 total touchdowns now i'm not saying he's going to put up those numbers because if he puts up those numbers he's a top 10 maybe a top five wide receiver if things go his way I'm not saying that's going to happen. What I'm saying is that he's going to be the clear number one target on this Giants team. And I believe that even with the ceiling being limited by Daniel Jones, he's just such a safe pick at wide receiver 26 that it seems crazy that he's still getting drafted as the wide receiver number 26 with what we know about Kenny Galladay as a player. Final player on my list, running back of my Miami Dolphins, Miles Gaskin. Overall ADP, 67.3 for Miles Gaskin, running back 24 off the board. Now, going into last season, this Dolphins backfield was a battle between Matt Burita and Jordan Howard. And everyone and their mother was having this debate. Who do you draft? Do you draft Jordan Howard a little bit earlier? Or do you wait and take Matt Burita because he's got that pass-catching value and all that? And we had this debate all summer long, like that one song, that one country song. But yeah, we were having this debate. And guess what? That debate didn't matter at all because both of those guys fucking were terrible. And Miles Gaskin just emerged and became the guy in this backfield. Gaskin only played in 10 games last season, but finished as the running back 28 in PPR, 27 and half PPR, and 27 in standard, averaging 16.4 PPR points per game, 14.4 half PPR points per game, and 12.3 standard points per game. Meaning, from a points per game perspective, Miles Gaskin was the running back 13 in PPR, running back 12 in half PPR, and the running back 14 in standard. And he, right now, currently is coming off the board at running back 24. What do people see that is against Miles Gaskin? Nick, they brought in Malcolm Brown. Come on, man. They brought in Malcolm Brown, and you're worried about Malcolm Brown? Now, he's going to vulture some touchdowns. Malcolm Brown is a fucking wrecking ball. He's built like that, so he's going to score a couple touchdowns. But who cares at the end of the day? Salvin Ahmed? He's the true number two on this team, and I think Miles Gaskin will be given the lead role. There is definitely the biggest negative to Miles Gaskin is if he just starts off the season playing like dick. Like, if he starts the season 
terrible. Brian Flores is one of those coaches that will just yank him out, that will just take him out. He took out Tua for Fitz multiple times last season, so you better believe he's confident in doing that with Miles Gaskin. If Salvin Ahmed deserves the reins, he will do it. But Miles Gaskin last season, when he was given the opportunity to be the guy, he was. He had 142 carries, 584 rushing yards. He had 47 targets, 41 receptions, 388 receiving yards, seventh highest at running back, and five total touchdowns. So he put up some pretty solid numbers for a guy that was not even looked at at all in fantasy drafts last season. No one knew who the fuck Miles Gaskin even was. And then he put up this basically monster season for what he was given because every single week he was a top 15 running back who you just added off the waiver wire if you look at the game log you see towards the end of the season when he is really given the opportunity he was running back 16 week 13 up against Cincinnati he returns or week 13 up against Cincinnati I should say week 16 against Las Vegas when he returns number two running back on the week then the next week week 17 even when the Dolphins got stomped this was a Brutal thing to watch as a Dolphins fan. They got stomped by the Bills, running back 14 on the week. This offense is going to be so much better. This is an offense that now has Will Fuller and Jalen Waddell. I'm not a big fan of Devontae Parker, but we still have Devontae Parker, and they still have Mike Gesicki. And now Tua going into the second year with a true, with a true training camp, true preseason, where he is the guy. There is no more worry about injury for Tua. They take out Chan Gailey, who handicap this offense with two under center. They take them out. They bring in two new offensive coordinators. This is a team destined for fantasy success with Miles Gaskin. They also, just like with the argument earlier, have a very strong defense. The Dolphins had one of the best defenses in the National Football League last year, and I expect the same thing in 2021. I expect Miles Gaskin to be one of the biggest. He's not a sleeper. Well, he is a sleeper. Because he's running back 24, and he could easily finish as a top 15 back, and people are sleeping on him. But he's, it depends how you kind of describe the word sleeper, because I define the word sleeper as someone getting slept on, but also going later in the draft. Not where Gaskin is going, but I still think that he's a bust-proof player with how this offense is going to be ran in 2021. I'm all aboard the Miles Gaskin train. Choo-choo! So thank you guys all so much for watching. Let me know down below what you guys thought about all these players. Do you guys think that, hey, maybe these guys aren't bust-proof? Maybe they are going to be busting all game long like their name, or all season long like their name was Johnny Sins. So thank you guys all so much for watching. I love you guys so, so much. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Make sure you hit that like button as well. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at NotoriousFNTSY. I love you guys all, and I'll see you guys tomorrow in a live stream at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Love you guys. Make sure you stay safe. As always, kaboom!